Hello everybody and welcome to the weekly edition of the HTX the Africast. Actually on time this week, which is fantastic. Uh, most of us are in the office, so you're, you're getting the, uh, the lovely stylings of our voices in the studio today. I'm Clinton, by the way, is Brendan. Hello. And Nick. Hello, and I apologize up front if you hear me coughing and sniffing because I have the flu. After this broadcast, everyone will have the flu. Well, we probably yes. will because we're stuck in the small studio with you, <laughs> and uh, you guys just get to get it over the, uh, the mm. airways. Anyway, who would like to start? Who's, who's in the fire first? Well, well obviously, uh, you heard our, our little intro was a bit different <laughs> uh, in celebration you, of all cloudy Motsuaneng. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's that's a heartbreaking work of staggering genius, right there. I, I, I was shocked when I when really? I saw it. I, I was really shocked. Well, shocked in a sort of way where you go, "Is this really happening?" Okay, wait, guys, we need to tell everybody what's oh, yeah, going context, on. Here. Obviously, yes, 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 Nick, this is you. Right. So, if you didn't know what that uh, jingle was at the beginning, essentially, what's happened is that the SABC have recorded and released a song called "Thanks SABC," essentially thanking themselves. And um, uh, what's his name, the CEO? Claudi Mozzanini. That's him. And, and thanking Claudi for um, you know implementing a policy in which over the next three months, uh, 90% of all songs played on uh, SABC stations have to be local. Yeah. Can, can I point out that it's for three months, it's been less than a month, and they're already patting themselves on the back. <sighs> but that's, they did it so well. Of, that's one of the few problems with this whole situation. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it's a catchy little number. I've been seeing it to myself. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Shut up. I've been seeing it to myself all day, and I might have it as a ringtone. Like, I'm one of the few people that's, like, I say few, but there are quite a few people that are also kind of for the 90% music thing. But this is kind of like, really... We, we thought it was a good idea. We didn't think that it was worthy of you writing a song about yourselves, you know, and thanking yourselves. <laughs> this is one of the things you would hear, like, as propaganda. In, which is the bad Korea? North Korea, hey? Yeah. Well, yeah. you say that. Um, I, I'm actually in the process at the moment of compiling an article about just these sorts of songs. Well, not just all these sorts of songs, but songs you wouldn't believe exist. And one of them is, um, I think it's called Cyberspace Security or something like that. It's uh, essentially an anthem that was written written um, and recorded by the Chinese government to basically praise the, the, the activities of the censorship board out yeah. in the web censorship board out in China, where it's basically like, well, thank you very much for censoring us and watching, watching over, over us, you know, and, 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 and the internet space becomes like a nice village, that sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, this happens. Crazy and, and just things. by the way, at least our, like, you know, um, government-backed, uh, you know, self-congratulatory song has it's got a little bit of a snap to its yeah. step and some and rhythm. This also, is not like a staid choral choir here. And also, just like to, not to get preacher or anything, but at least we live in a country where us putting this out there won't get us in jail or, <laughs> or worse. Um, what what happened to that one guy? You shot by an anti-aircraft gun in Korea. That what? You, you, okay, <laughs> that's a story for another day. I'm just saying. I'm happy we have relatively high media and. Uh, what well, do you mean, freedom, freedom of press? 
Yes. Essentially, yes. yes. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's nice, but I don't think that song it, should have been born str- into existence. It's very strange. Isn't <laughs> what, what I also find funny, though, is that the DA is saying, we're going to launch a probe to find out how much this costs. <laughs> of course they're going to launch a probe. <laughs> like, uh, okay. You, know, you, you, you could have boiled an egg by the last five minutes before they made that announcement. <laughs> you, you just knew the moment that song came out, it's like, the DA is going to have something to say. Yeah. My favorite exactly. part of that, that probe happening is that... Um, uh, one of our writers, Lungi, wrote that story, put it out, published it, and then our editor-in-chief was kind of scrolling through the site, making sure everything's in check, and as he read that high, that headline, he just started laughing. It was the best laugh I've ever heard in the office, <laughs> and he came out laughing at us, and uh, well, not at us, just at like South African politics, because he's from the UK, and it was it was such a funny, the yesterday when it was released. It was well, you know, I mean, to, with, with, with the best will in the world, um, anyone from the UK doesn't get to criticize that song. Because I've, you know, I mean, because first of all, one of the songs on my list is actually a song called England Are Jolly D, um, which was written by a couple of, uh, by a politician and his wife to basically support the, the English football team in the 2010 World Cup. Okay. And if you actually were on the team and you'd heard that song, you probably would have thrown yourself off a cliff. Okay. And seriously. <laughs> Break my legs, Johnny. Do it. <laughs> when, when you hear that song, England Are Jolly D, you, you, I swear to God, it makes Thanks, SABC, sound like master of puppets. It wow. really does. It's, it's that bad, okay? Uh, and also, England partake every single year in something you might have heard of called the Eurovision Song Contest, oh, yes. which if you are a connoisseur of excrement, it is an unmissable, <laughs> it is an unmissable event, I swear. I mean, also, I, also, if your job title is connoisseur of excrement, <laughs> get in touch with us. I, wanna, I, I want to learn about you and your life. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, they, they got Graham Norton doing the um, the play by play at the uh, at, at the at the Eurovision Song Contest just because the guy who used to do it Terry Wogan gave up because he couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> the I thing was he's going to be dark like no he just offed himself. No 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 he, he, no well he's, he is he, he did pass away recently but like you know while he was doing the uh, Eurovision Song Contest one of the one of the funny things about it was that he would slowly get more and more inebriated as the uh, <laughs> as the broadcast went on and then like you know he would get to the stage where he's going and there's Bulgaria shit as usual you know it's like <laughs> so you know so Adam doesn't story. really have a leg to stand yeah. on in that one yeah. I actually like plus the they gave us Oasis and no one's ever yeah. forgiven them for that <laughs> uh, but yes but no I, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what happens with the probe <laughs> I just wanted to come out for download honestly Weird like I, they said that they were going to put it out for public download and yet we here we wait guys I'm going to make it my ringtone. Guys, there's, there's going to be remixes. You know there's going to oh, be remixes, yeah. and they're going to be fantastic. With, with the best will in the world, though, I mean, we should be entitled to a free download because ultimately no, going we be paid one. for that. Yeah, 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 yeah We paid going. for that. Well, so. you guys, did. I don't have a TV license because I don't have a TV. So. <laughs> okay, well, I paid for that. Your parents paid for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, no, I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, now let's, uh, let's concentrate on something less serious. What did you do in Cape Town this week? <laughs> uh, Cape Town was actually great. Um, I was attending the Huawei Middle East and Africa Joint Services Summit. So if that sounds like a mouthful, it's because it is. Uh, basically, it's where Huawei invites all the telcos in the Middle East and African region and um, shows them what sort of technologies are coming. And uh, specifically, they were speaking about, or this year, is about IoT, uh, digital transformation, and 5G as well as customer experience. Right. So all of these things kind of form together into your experience as a customer. So 
things like customer experience are really, really important. And when you uh, say customer experience, what do you mean? Okay, so customer experience is how a customer perceives your products to to work for them. So. In, in the simplest way I can explain it is you're on your way to to, to work in the morning mm-hmm. and you want to stop at a coffee shop and get yourself some coffee. Right. But you don't stop at, say, coffee, coffee shop X because it's too busy. Right. So you'll rather go to coffee shop Y because there's less people and you don't have to be in as much of a rush and that sort of thing. Um, so – as a business owner, you might see that as a problem and then decide, oh, we need to shorten the lines and all that sort of stuff. But then the same person will come back to your coffee shop on a Saturday and have a nice long cup of coffee, maybe have some breakfast, that sort of thing, because they enjoy the service and they enjoy the friendly staff and that sort of thing. But at that point in time, when they're on their way to work, it takes too long because the staff are too friendly and want to greet you and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so basically, customer experience is tailor- is businesses needing to look at how people use or perceive their products to work. Okay. So they can make it better, hopefully. Exactly. Right. That, that's exactly what, what the whole thing is about, and particularly in telcos. So if you look at, like, say, Operator X, right? they charge 20 Rand for data. But when you have that data, it, it works properly. It doesn't get eaten by – it doesn't disappear. It's not gone in five minutes. The the service that you're getting from them is really, really good, and your connection is really strong and that sort of thing. But meanwhile, uh, let's say brand Y uh, or Z, I don't know. I've lost track of the, the letters now. But another brand might be offering cheaper, but their service is terrible. Right. So even though their service – you. you your customers are paying more for your service because it's stable and that sort of thing. They are willing to pay more because it's stable, because their experience is better. This kind of sounds like um, uh, information that should be essentially a building block of any business, you know, as far back as the dawn of time, really, doesn't it? I agree it? with you completely because it is one of those things where you kind of go, but isn't that logical? You know, shouldn't, shouldn't it be something that, <laughs> that businesses immediately think about, especially in terms of telecommunications? Like, Oh, let, let's look at making it the best possible experience for a customer and then people will stay with us. Because the thing is, you can, you can drop your prices as low as possible. You can say you – can, you can do anything, but if your customers aren't loyal, they're just going to go somewhere else. Can I ask a question that may yes. seem stupid or something? This sounds like a lot of the behind-the-curtain, inside-baseball kind of things. Yeah. How is this conference you went to going to affect me who pays telecoms X, Y, and Z money? Okay, and my and my experience with them. It depends how how much they take what Brendan's talking exactly. about to heart. That, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's Customer satisfaction. Of, the onus is on idea. The, the telcos to kind of go. Okay, right. We need to change the way we're doing business because no more is it just okay. We're looking. Uh, customers looking for the cheapest thing with the best smartphones with uh, the most amount of airtime they can get. They're looking for an experience, a service that is going to treat them right. So. Telecommunication companies need to kind of move with the times and see that people now value service and the experience that they get from that service over and above cost. This is a weird thing, though, because it doesn't. It sounds to me like something that doesn't really need – well, if it needs to be said, we're in trouble yeah. um, because, I mean – you know, you're talking about um, you know this this conference where these very very and I admit it's a very very uh, like 
uh, Clinton said, a logical sort of approach mm. to running a business. But you're also talking about businesses who recently have been going up to the government um, because they're worried that OTT services are eating their lunch money. And rather than actually innovating or, as you, as you, as you say, creating an experience that people will go back to again and again, they're going, nah, we want these. Fair enough. Or paying for stuff. Well, right? nah, and it's like, nah. well, this is one of the things that was also discussed um, was about OTT services. Mm. And uh, Telco is actually kind of making their own sort of OTT services. <laughs> so, <laughs> All the scoffs. Well, the thing is, it actually makes sense when you think about it from a business point of view. You don't want people going to WhatsApp. You would prefer them to stay on your network and be using your services because yeah, like you can create tell them advertising. Yeah. You can, you know, you can you can do more with the platform because you are in control. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could create a, a chat app along the side along the lines of WhatsApp, which doesn't use any of your data at exactly. all. Exactly, zero rated Literally, data. That's if you are on a certain network, it's free to use. It's free mm-hmm. to upload. It's free to download. And like you know, but you see yes. that that adds to the experience, and that's one of the things that then that's... you just clap them on the data and other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the duality in that. Uh, by the way, I'm available for consulting if you are a telco's uh, company. Here's the duality in that. I don't use WhatsApp for any other reason than everybody else uses it and it's convenient. I'm not going to move to another brand's homebrew thing just because it uses less data. I'm willing to pay data to use WhatsApp because it has a better experience. So they are going against the oh, whole point of this conference. But but how long will that WhatsApp experience exactly. last? Because I think that they, what, uh, I, I remember um, listening to The Money Show, I think it was about a month ago, when they were talking about Facebook and WhatsApp and, and how WhatsApp is going to need to do something to, to kind of monetize itself because yeah. if it doesn't, uh, it's not, it's, it's its share price is going to drop. But uh, um, it is monetized in other countries. Yeah. Um, we get it for free in South Africa. Right. So if they monetized this, would you use it? Uh, if they started serving you ads on WhatsApp, would yeah. you still use it? Uh, it? Well, this depends on what the ads were and how much they would want to They are terrible mobile adverts that appear in things like free games. I would still use it if a majority of the people I speak to on my phone use it because... Why, why don't you just be a pioneer? Yeah. Why don't you say, say, hey, guys, guys let's, use let's use the uh, app because, that doesn't exist yet. Because yes. if you have ever tried to teach your parents how to use a computer, you know that you stick them with something and yeah. you go through through hell and high water. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just I feel like there's a lot of innovation that is about to start happening, especially since uh, the rest of the world is trying to move to 5G mm. um, and move that along in the Internet of Things. I think we, we're kind of st- sitting at that conference and listening to all the – technical talk and uh, network operating centers and service operating centers and all of these things, you kind of see that telecommunication companies are really now starting to fast forward into 2016. Hmm. They're starting to realize that things like data are really important. Things like... We don't need thousands of SMSs. That's, ex- that's exactly what I was about Please. to say. Is like texting is, <laughs> is, is starting to die out. I mean... We also don't need a whole bunch of junk mail coming through as yeah. well. So uh, a friend of mine... No, seriously. You a friend won of, a million rand friend of mine, a, friend of mine, a friend of mine had a birthday yesterday. And like, you know, when you have your birthday and your phone starts pinging, you immediately go, oh, my friends on Facebook are being nice to me. And she like picked up her phone. It's like, dear Ms. Blah, blah. 
Death can strike at any time. <laughs> Make sure your will is up to date with the following, you know. And, and that, was, that was literally a happy birthday from us at the solicitors, you know. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, last year during our Gear of the Year Awards, I, I bluntly said that none of South Africa's mobile network operators deserve to be called the best because they're all terrible. And, <laughs> well, for different they're not, reasons. They're not all terrible. Well, they're not. None of them are worthy of being called the best, in my opinion. But well, w- from from this conference, you kind of see that they are starting to to realize that they need to make changes to their business models. Mm. That they need to start taking things like we want our data at a cheaper rate, at giving us the speed that we want. They're starting to take stuff like that seriously, and it's it's really really exciting. As as lame as that sounds for me to be excited about. Things like data and calls becoming cheaper. But it really is an exciting thing because it means that more people will be able to access the internet. And with that comes the the jump to 5G because, as I wrote an article yesterday uh, where we spoke to an analyst at IDC who bluntly said that now is probably not the time for Africa to jump to 5G. Yeah. Because we're still trying to get lots of people onto 2G and 3G networks, never mind even 4G networks just yet. (laughs) And these are things that take time. And they do take time because you are currently using a 2G connection, let's say. You're not going to be using Facebook and all of that stuff because it's slow. It doesn't Mm. lend itself to wanting to use. This is one of the reasons, dude, that I have to get Wi-Fi in my house. I have to get Wi-Fi in my house quick because my phone is chowing through data, mainly because I'm trying to get all the Riddler trophies in Batman (laughs) Arkham uh, Arkham Knight. Yeah. And like I I just can't do some of them. I'm like, Go quickly walk through YouTube. So yeah, like that's this. sad on two levels. <laughs> that you don't have Wi-Fi in your house, um, and that you're go- getting the Riddler trophies, <laughs> doing something else. Shut up, Clinton. But yeah, it's the it's main really, Wi-Fi reason really so I can exciting. play Doom. And uh, yeah, once once the rest of Africa is able to get 4G and eventually 5G, I think we're about to uh, we're on the precipice of something something like a digital revolution, as it were. You heard it here. People are revolution. Um, but just today is actually Friday and new movies come out and I think we'll just touch on this quick uh, the, a, a game yeah you see that's the funny it's thing the, you do you yeah. refer to it as a game a movie is coming out today isn't it Nick I think it's out today it's uh, called Hardcore Henry yeah and will you just tell it uh, tell basically okay so there's I can't remember the name of the director but his first name's Ilya and his uh, surname's Unpronounceavilovich and um, <laughs> but he's, he's basically a Russian director who got quite a lot of heat because he did um, two videos for a band called I think it was Broken Elbows <coughs> something like that Okay, the mob band um, and um, basically both those two uh, if you've seen them you'll know exactly what I'm talking about both of those videos were essentially mini first person action films shot from the perspective of the protagonist Okay, <coughs> so you know um, so Hardcore Henry is essentially those two videos <laughs> spun out to a 90-minute feature-length film. Wow. Now, um, this is both interesting and weird, um, and I went out of the cinema thinking to myself, did I enjoy this? I'm not too sure. Um, Just because... The thing is, in the old days, when um, a critic wanted to slag off a film in 10 words or less, they'd go, eh, it's just like a video game. And if you've played a video game in the last 15 years, you'll know that, by and large, that description doesn't hold true anymore mainly because of the fact that i mean i'm not saying that like you know we are at the uh, at the at the sort of wonderful epi- epicenter of storytelling in video games yeah. but stories in video games have gotten a lot better 
um, over yeah, the last agree. 15 years. Um, and uh, so, I mean, and basically, Hardcore Henry has a story that would probably be rejected by a, a, a video game development studio as being too stupid. Um, <laughs> essentially, what happens is this guy wakes up uh, in a lab, having lost his leg and his arm, and then this woman who says that she's his wife fixes a, a robotic leg and a robotic arm to his body, and then he goes into the next room, um, obviously, to get his voice module Transformers match. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, he, um, his voice module implanted, and before it can be implanted, uh, they get attacked, and uh, he has to escape, and he gets separated from the woman who says she's his wife, and then he spends the rest of the movie trying to find her. Um, so essentially, you've got a, a, a protagonist who's mute, who kills loads of people, um, who's capably violent. Um, so essentially, you have the protagonist for a first-person shooter. shooter yeah. <laughs> right. Shalto Copley pitches up. Um, he's got an interesting part as this guy who seems to know uh, what's going on with Henry and why he was in the lab and what happened to him beforehand. But the thing is, I can't really go into too much detail about Shalto Copley's character because he is quite pivotal. And um, he is probably, that character is probably the most intriguing part of the film because things happen to this character and you go... How did he come back from that? Um, what's going on here? Maybe he had some extra lives that he was based on. Well, this, is, this is the thing. Um, th- there's a couple of good points it does make, I mean, about uh, video games. Like the Shalto Copley character is essentially, um, you know, if you've ever played a video game in your life, you know that one of the, vi- the things about playing a character in the video game is you get to explore certain aspects of yourself that you wouldn't normally do in real life. Yeah. Like, for example, you would, not, you would never behave, hopefully, um, in real life the way you behave in Grand Theft Auto V. Or in um, Bioshock, would I sacrifice this little goal to yeah. make my life easier? Exactly. It's not something I've had to deal with in my life yet. Okay. <laughs> well, thank goodness, for, thank goodness for that. But um, the other thing is also there is a very prolonged and hectically brutal fight. And I suppose it would be a boss fight if this was a game. But, yeah. but it's essentially uh, Hardcore Henry is on, the, uh, on a roof where like hundreds of clones are trying to kill him all at once. And like the fight takes him out onto the roof, up a climbing frame. He gets thrown across the roof, lands on another uh, a, a sort of shack. He tries to attack the main bad guy. He levitates him and throws him nearly off the edge. He's fighting all these guys, throwing their faces into electricity vaults, um, smashing their heads open with hammers, blowing their heads open with with guns. And all of this happens at very close range. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's a big difference between watching a pixelated head explode and someone you know yeah. who looks real. And maybe that could be a comment on like you know. Th- this in in this chosen form of entertainment, your engagement with a shooter, you know that um, producing a pile of corpses is kind of essential to your agency. Just as long as it doesn't get in the way of you enjoying yourself, it seems a bit psychotic. Nick, yeah. so, uh, sorry, just that having been said, I think that the film is so dumb that the 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 the, the, the filmmakers probably don't realize they're making that point. Nick. Um- Doom has a lot of that first person, mm-hmm. I'm going to snap this demon's neck in half and then punch yeah. him across the field. There is really a big disconnect between this. Yeah. Is, this yeah. is a cartoon demon as good as the, the graphics in Doom are. This yeah. is a demon that's basically animated and this is a real person who's yeah. getting their head smashed in. There's yeah. a huge... No, no, there is a huge difference. But it's, uh, but, but by, by putting, that, uh, putting the, basically the FPS engagement in a real-world context... Yeah. You do start – well, I don't know if everyone will, but I started to ask questions about it. It's one of those films, like I said in my review, you're, you're either going to like it or you're not, and you probably know which camp you fall into before you actually buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do watch it, um, do not sit in the front row and do not be hungover because <laughs> you, you, know, you, you will get motion sickness. Yeah, Take some Dramamine. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think that's going to uh, wrap it up. 
all the all the stories we talked about, if you want to go listen to that SABCC, SABC song. Jeez, I messed that one <laughs> Thanks, up. Thanks, SABC. Yeah, you messed that up. Um, if you want to read about the conference Brendan was at, if you want to read the review of Hardcore Henry, if you want to know about Doom, we've got a few stories on that just because I've mentioned it. They will all be listed under this podcast. So I'm going to wrap it up for the week uh, for HCXC Africa, for myself, Clinton Matos, for Brendan. Cheerio. For Nick. Shabby shabby. And I don't know what that was. And everyone else, see you next week, guys. Bye. 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 Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.